Welcome to the show. First batter is a strikeout for Tucker Davidson. Who's this Tucker Davidson? Started a game in the World Series for Atlanta. Did he? Yes, he did on that one. Sure did. That's a strikeout. Where's the strikeout for Tucker Davidson? His first. A one-two. Tucker Davidson starting to get a little feel here at the big end. Swing and a miss. Tucker Davidson strikes him out. Welcome to the Arm Barn Podcast, the newest podcast added to the Just Baseball Network. I am your host, Peter Apple, and I'm playing point guard for our center, and that is left-handed pitcher for the Los Angeles Angels, Tucker Davidson. It's been a little while since we have an episode. You had to kind of get into the groove of the new season. You're just coming off a series against the Red Sox, and you're carving so far this year. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Good to be back. Uh, glad we got to do it. Yeah, it's been crazy kind of adjusting when you're on the east coast and i'm on the west coast and just kind of trying to get uh schedules matched up but i'm glad we got to do it and it's been good uh we're i'm throwing the ball well right now and hopefully can continue to build off of that and keep getting innings out there yeah you're certainly throwing the ball well how about a two four eight era how about recording a save you're on a roll right now the angels are seven and eight but we have a lot to talk about before we really get to the angels team because it's been a while since you and i hopped on the mic and the last time we spoke, we were doing a big World Baseball Classic preview, right? We picked mm -hmm. our teams um, and everything like that. I think I had Japan and Mexico who faced off. Well, Japan faced the United States. Um, who did you? You had the United States, right? I think I had the United States and Japan, but I had U.S., so. Yeah, I mean, we had them facing off against each other. So those are pretty good picks. And then we were able to speak with Patrick Sandoval before his start, which was awesome. So first, before we get into the season, before we get into all the new rules, a lot of new updates here with Tucker. How was it in the same locker room with Shohei Otani bringing back the World Baseball Classic trophy to Mike Trout, who we struck out in what I thought to be the greatest at bat I've ever seen. I was in the stadium. I was at Lone Depot for every game leading up to it. And I was right. I was taking my video on my phone, trying to get new TikToks. And I was able to just <laughs> witness that at bat. And I think that slider from Shohei might've been the greatest sweeper I've ever seen in my life. So what was it like having both of them in the same locker room right after? It was kind of crazy, just like everybody kind of showed up uh, back from the WBC kind of together. Char went straight to L.A. right afterwards and just met us there because we were leaving in like two days once it all ended. But Shohei had to come uh, throw like an uh, inner squad outing against like some minor leaguers. And I think he like was like 88 to 92 with the fastball and just like he was really working on the split that day. So that was like wow. his main focus and then just like getting everything locked in. But like those guys, they were just so excited to be back and just like I think the environment that they got to be under it was just like kind of like a playoff environment of just like the big game energy everybody's watching and just like really fed off of that into the season of just like we want to get like our team there like let's go do this because we have the talent we have the two superstars that need to be in that environment so I think that was the biggest like takeaway from everybody else but everybody there was just talking about how loud it was um that was something that everybody I feel like said like I think Venezuela, I was heard, that was the loudest game for everybody. I think uh, Patrick Sandoval said the same thing. Trout said the same thing of just like, I don't know if it was just a combination of the Venezuelan fans or whoever, but it was just crazy loud atmosphere. But they were excited to do it. I think everybody's looking forward to possibly doing it again in 2026, I think, and just to happen and go that way. Yeah, so what was the, I guess, the general vibe coming out of these players who were in the WBC? Because – 
I hated some of the rhetoric on social media. Almost made me want to mm-hmm. throw my phone out the window. You know, some people are saying it doesn't matter because there was the injuries there to Edwin Diaz. There was injuries to Jose Altuve, even got hit on the hand and has now been out and is still out for the Houston Astros. But I was there for all of the games and it was, it felt like I was watching game seven of the World Series over and over and mm-hmm. over again. Some of the best baseball I've ever watched. I'd even venture to say it might have been the best baseball I've ever seen in person. So Trout comes back. Sandoval comes back. Otani comes back. A lot of your teammates were in the World Baseball Classic. Did they have anything negative to say at all? No, no negative things at all. It was, I want to do that again, that environment. And you just, I keep going back to the environment. And I think that was what, everybody took away is like you dream about as a kid pitching game seven or pitching whatever game for me. And that's, you want that environment. And that's always in the big game of throwing it in front of 40, 50,000 people with the United States across my chest. It's been a dream of mine since I was a little kid. I always watched like miracle growing up the hockey movie and just like the pride that those guys wore United States across like the chest. And like, that means something to everybody from every country. I think of just like, saying you're the best in my country, your respective country, and that you're able to do, go play the game that you love in front of everybody and just prove to the world that you are the best player and for the best team or whatever the case may be. And I think that's what a lot of people take it as. It's like, it was a pride thing more than anything. Obviously we play for our careers here and we all want to play long 10 year careers. But I think like there's some pride when it comes to, Hey, I'm playing for my country with the people that grew up in the same culture as I did you know like go I'll say this for the Dominican Republic they grew up on the island everybody's dream is let's go to the United States and play and I feel like that was like something big for a lot of those like Caribbean teams Japan wanted to make their mark and say like we are baseball powerhouse and I think everybody was just really jumping on board of just how great baseball is and it really brought a lot of flair and I think it was very good for the game Oh, so good for the game. I don't know if you saw some of the social media numbers, but some of that stuff that Shohei was doing, I mean, he's just incredible. And some of the highlights yes. like Munitaka Murakami, I think his home mm-hmm. run in that in that game got 11 million hits and like Aaron Judges was at 3 million. Like it blew yeah. it out of the water. If we're talking about television ratings, north of 50% of televisions were on in Japan or Korea for some of those games. Mm-hmm. It was, I thought it was the best baseball and I thought, we're now starting to get our version of a dream team, right? Mm-hmm. Those those Netflix documentaries about back in the day with Jordan and Magic and Larry Bird and then LeBron went out with Carmelo Anthony and they won a gold medal. It's different, right? It's, it's not exactly that, but it's our right. version and baseball deserves its own version because it's so going so global. And mm-hmm. another teammate who we had on our second episode of the Arm Barn was Patrick Sandoval. And I know you guys are good buddies. You're on the same pitching staff too. You were able to get him on the podcast and we broke down what he was thinking before that start. And he shoved against the United States. And while the pitching staff for the United States wasn't exactly the dream team, still good pitchers, but just not Jacob deGrom, not Justin Mm -hmm. Verlander, Max Scherzer, but still good pitchers. But the lineup really felt like the dream team and he carved through it. What was his reaction post that start? I think it's one of those that you you know you can do it like deep down, but like once you actually do it, you can kind of be like, yeah, okay, I can take on anybody. I think it was kind of one of those just like clarity in his mind of like, 
it doesn't matter who I'm facing, I'm better than. And that's just like kind of a mindset that he's going to continue to build on. That's what the change I've seen since he's been there of just like, he's more confident that he's going to get you out of just like, I know who I am and this is who I am and you're going to have to hit me. And I think that's something big, but I mean, he's been rolling and I think just, he came away and he was just like, it was the best time I've ever had playing baseball. And I think a lot of people have said that. And I think it's just the energy, the vibe, and just be able to play in front of other countries and everybody and just embrace everything, all the different cultures. I think that's just something truly incredible about our game. I thought it was just amazing. So let's move on to some major league baseball stuff because we are a couple weeks into the season. Um, you guys started off pretty hot, have hit a little bit of a skid, went into Boston, and the result isn't exactly what you guys wanted, but it seemed like every game was close, and you could tell by the team. I mean, just look at the offense. They are rolling. You got a great start out of Reed Detmers. We're recording on Sunday. It had just happened. Uh, but before we get into the actual Angels, I really want to pick your brain about the new rules, right? No more shift. I've even seen guys like Colton Wong and other players come out that the bigger bases didn't seem like that big of a deal at first because it was like, oh, bigger bases, what, they extending it by three inches? But stolen bases are up. Runs are up due to the banning of the shift. And the pitch clock seems to be working. In your Angels game, that game ended in an hour and 57 minutes. The same day that we're recording, Yankees twins, Garrett Cole threw a nine-inning shutout, 10 strikeouts ended in two hours and seven minutes. Can you feel the quickness on the field? Does it feel like a different game or are you just so entrenched that it, you don't really even notice it? Oh, you notice it for sure. Uh, you notice when the games are getting long. I think last night we played. So Saturday night we played like a three hour game. And when you play a three hour game with these pitch clock, it's a long game and yeah. you kind of feel it of like, man, this is take kind of taking its time tonight. I think there was a bunch of walks and just like they just kind of the pace was just a little bit slower, but it was still quick. And then today we play that hour and 57 minutes and I looked up and it was the seventh inning. and it's just kind of like you blink. Oh my goodness. It's the seventh inning. And like our bullpen starting to roll at that point. And you're just like, Oh man, like, here we go. And I look at the clock after the game and it says three thirty three, And I'm like, that was a two hour game. Like that was, that was that quick. I just remember it just kind of goes by, but after the game, none of the fans knew what to do. They were all just still sitting in their seats of like, wait, that that's it. Like uh, we just kind of got here. And I think that's kind of the downside of it is from the fan perspective, when you actually get to go to Fenway and Yankee stadium or the big stadiums and spend a bunch of money is like the games go by quick. Like you're not there as long. So I, I do say suggest go to BP. I've enjoyed it. Um, especially being at like Fenway at park. I haven't been to it. Just like be able to run around the outfield. like get to talk to the fans, flip them balls, uh, the, the big thing from kids this year is the uh, rock, paper, scissors for a ball. Hmm. So just like be able to like, inter, uh, like interact with the kids and just like be able to like feel the good, like old school baseball vibes. It's been fun, but the, the pitch clock, it's working. Um, it's working fast. And I think like everybody's really adjusted. Most of the time pitches are thrown in pretty, pretty quickly. Like there's maybe one or two. Um, I think pitch calm helps, but also can hurt you in a way. Just because, like, if you shake with pitch calm, it's hard to get another button real quick. So I know, like, a couple guys are, like, calling their own games just depending if they've got five pitches, four pitches. They throw a four seam and a two seam and a cutter. Like, you got to, like, hey, I want a cutter here. And he called two seam and he hits four seam. Kind of takes a little bit of time. But I think, like, guys are getting comfortable with it. Um, I mean, not too many people are getting strike calls and ball calls. But I had one the other day and I was uh, 
It's like, all right, oh one on him. And then I threw a fastball right down the middle and he got a base hit. I was like, all right, way to waste it. <laughs> so one thing that you said that um actually there was multiple things that you said in that, but one thing I want to go over first is you know, I'm the fan, right? I'm the guy who goes to the games and, you know, will spend the money in order to, you know, go see the Yankees potentially with with you going into New York um in a in for a full game series. I don't really care if I spend 20 minutes less than I normally would because the game that I'm watching is so yes. much more entertaining. The quality right? of it, yes. Because it's not like they said, "All right, this is now a 7-inning game like Little League." Right, where right. they're physically cutting down two innings. All they're doing is cutting down the time where a batter in the box is fixing his batting gloves. Or like a guy like James Karinchek with the Cleveland Guardians is just circling around the mound, throwing the rosin bag, fixing with his hair. It's just cutting out downtime, right? right? It's not cutting down the physical game. And with, you know... Faster games, banning of the shift, there's more bloopers, there's more diving plays, the game, there's more stolen bases, there's more runs, the overall game Mm -hmm. is more exciting, and then, especially me living in New York, and I can't speak for anybody, but sometimes, let's say I go to a 7 o'clock game, and it's Yankees-Red Sox, I'm not getting out of the stadium till 11, and then I'm taking a subway ride home back into the middle of Manhattan, and I'm in bed by midnight. 1230 right now I go to a seven o'clock game I'm back in my room by like 1030 mm-hmm. so, yes you don't get as much time I guess sitting in your seats but the fact that you can go to batting practice and then the physical game I would trade that for anything have you heard mm-hmm. about any fans freaking out because I've heard a couple on social media but then again people on social media are just louder that doesn't mean it reflects the fan base like have you heard of fans right. like objectively upset at having 20 less minutes at, at the game no and I think it benefits like even the families of like during the school week during the summer of like exactly hey I want to go to a game it's at seven o'clock and it's getting over at nine thirty now versus ten thirty. and I think like oh yeah, we could do that because the kids can go to sleep at a good hour and I can get ready for work the next day, you know, just like things like that. And I think that's where it's going to benefit. Um, I think like the biggest thing I've heard, and this is, this is social media is people mad about the beer sales. Um, I think there's a little bit of why they do it. And just like not one guy, people are incredibly drunk leaving the stadium and they go hop in their car. I think like that's part of why they have that rule in the, in the first place. So I don't really know what to think of that. But I think you're right. The social media crowd is just a little bit louder, but I think everybody's still enjoying it. I think there's not as many people looking at their phones because mm-hmm. you just don't have time. Yeah. Really. You're, you're, you look at your phone for 30 seconds, you miss two pitches and you're like, wait, how did he get two? Oh, I mean, I miss pitches all the time. Like just looking down or yeah. doing whatever. Like I went, I like put on like red hot, went to the bathroom and uh, came out and like an inning was over. And I was like, wait, <laughs> it happened that fast? And it does. Like uh, it goes by really quickly. And I think that's a benefit because hits are coming at a higher rate this year. I don't think extra bases and like home runs are really any different than the past few years. I think that's about the same. But what I've heard is mainly just like the base hits. Shift's gone. You don't have the lefty pull anymore. I've seen a lot more like uh, like blue pits this year. Yeah, and I was kind of like talking, like talking about it with guys. Like, do you think we just got used to like the shift being there, and that's yeah. why like all those balls were caught? And we were just trying to figure, like, I don't know, maybe it's something. Uh, 
Maybe the ball is different. Who knows? So personally, I guess we'll find out. And like when it starts getting hot, we'll start to see if the juice balls are back or not. That's what I was about to say. Like generally games start out slower offensively because normally pitchers are right. further. I mean, you know this better than anyone better than me, but from what I've seen is that pitchers are further along in their progression than hitters are. So generally you'll see more pitchers duels early on in the season. And then the weather starts getting hot and the ball starts flying. But in terms of the blue pits, I do think it's due to no shift because think about it. Normally with the shift, there's Jeff McNeil playing second base or a David Fletcher or anyone playing second base and they're playing short right field. So all of those balls and then that second baseman can then go into center field, right? They're playing like this short outfield. So that's what I've noticed. That was my biggest takeaway is that there's so many dinkers and dunkers in this game, but I am enjoying it. And I'm also enjoying all the diving plays because guys have to actually field their position and all these Mm -hmm. ground balls that normally would get scooped up by the shift are base hits. That's more base runners. It's just more fun as a pitcher. I'm sure it's not quite as fun, but for the fan in me, (laughs) yeah. So, okay. I know that you probably know it's better for baseball, but would you prefer the shift being back? No, because I like the traditional, like if you whack a ball up the middle at 105 and it's right up the middle, like you deserve the base hit or like you hit a solid base, like, like the one we'd always see with the left-handed shift, like right to the third baseman playing way out there in right field. If you hit a ball like that, that is a base hit and has been like all the way growing up until really it got to the big leagues. That was a base hit. And like, you're okay with that. of like, man, I made a bad pitch. Got a base hit. All right. It is what it is. I think it's more the blue pits that pitchers get like more mad. We'd rather you beat us and beat us. So I think like we'd get mad at like the broken bat shift beater. And you're literally like, man, I did everything in my power right there to get an out. And I didn't get one, but the one ten rocket to the right fielder and the third, third baseman chested up and throws them out. Like I think I deserved the hit right there. You know, like I did my job earlier he got the hit that got you know one of those things so that's a really good point that i didn't even think of so you like that the hitter is getting that hit that should be a hit like that anthony rizzo the big time yeah. lefty when they're smacking the ball in if you smack no, the ball and it's a hit and, and it first. has been a hit for 100 years yes but for a pitcher those balls that were everyone is shifting all over and you get a little weak grounder to where the third baseman should be playing or a little weak grounder to where the shortstop, you got the soft contact. You deserve the out. Yeah. But with the shift, you that might be a hit, while the one that deserves to be a hit is getting gobbled up with the shift. Yeah. So it's almost kind of better for pitchers and hitters. Now, if you hit a ball hard, you just deserve the hit. That's what it should be, right? Yeah, I can pr- yeah in a yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it kind of depends. Yes. I think like if you whack the, like I'm, I'm, if I'll put it this way on a home run, if you're going to hit a home run off of me, I want you to hit a home run off of me. <laughs> I don't want the 98 at a 42 degree launch angle that scrapes the wall and tips Ward's glove over the wall. Like I don't want that one, you know, or like the Crawford box home run where he pops it up the left field. Like I don't want those. If you're going to hit one like 450, like get me. It's like, I think most pitchers are like that of like, I mean, if you're going to hit a home run off of me, like, I hope you get it, that that type of uh, thing. But, no, I don't want to give up home runs. So, I think it's more of one of those of take what you can get sometimes. Well, luckily, you haven't given up a home run. You've thrown seven and two-thirds yes. innings, two four eight ERA. You already have a save. 
before we got to get into your pitch mix and you know how you're doing on the mound are you calling your own games like with the pitch com are you letting ohapi do it or how how are you going about that so ohapi's like calling it's we, the way pitch calling is is more suggestions of this is what the information because they got all of their stuff yeah. on the wristband like and hey slider's like good here yeah <laughs> first four seam up here to blah 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 and like then they have like certain counts where guys are aggressive like oh oh like devers is swinging you know like seekers swinging oh oh and it's like hey like oh two pitch first pitcher like whatever like the case may be hey this guy's patient you can flip in a curveball he's not gonna swing like just little like hints right there of like okay so like second third time you go through the order it's like what do I got? Oh, okay. We can still strike with a curveball right here. Boom. Throw the curveball. And you can kind of go from there. And I think that's pretty much it. But I, I know some guys like it, um, especially with pitch calm, where they can just go, boop, I want to throw this. Catcher just sets up and we're good to go. And I think it's more of just what works best for you with a pitch calm and with the clock. And if Tyler Anderson does signs in between the legs but with nobody on or until somebody gets on second and then he goes pitch calm. I've seen the Braves are doing that. I know some other teams are doing that. But as far as I know, most people are going pitch calm only just because it's so easy because catcher throws it back, boop, hits slider. You catch the ball, you hear slider, and you could step on the mound. All right, there's my sight. Let's pitch. How's Otani doing it? Is he calling his own pitches or is he letting Yeah, it's on his bicep on underneath his sleeve. And so, like, you can't see it and he has it memorized. And he – he thinks they're going to like hack it. Like he fully believes somebody's going to hack it, like that they're going to get it down. So he like has like a whole system. If like, he thinks they're on to him and I'm literally like, it's under your sleeve. And I think it was, it was a start ago or two starts ago. Uh, the umpire was like, Hey, like, what are you doing? Like, you can't like, do you have sticky stuff there? Like, why do you keep going there? And he was like, Oh, it's my pitch calm. And the umpire was like, Oh, like it was a funny, like one of those like funny moments of just like, innocence right there from Shohei of just like no it's just my me calling my own game and it makes sense that an umpire would ask him is there sticky stuff because he's not allowing runs ever I mean it's it's some of the best pitching I've seen in Major League Baseball so far it's it's him and it's Garrett Cole of guys with ERAs below one huge strikeout stuff and Shohei's just throwing the ball wherever he wants it's art on the mound right now I'll put it this way and his command is not there yet which yeah. is scary because he's still walking. I think he walked like three guys his last like two outings. When he gets the walks and he starts being like, oh, I'm putting it here, here, and here. Good luck. That's all I got to say. He's not even at his best yet. I mean, that's what's no. crazy. I mean, and nobody is because nobody's in yeah. season form yet of like, everybody's kind of tinkering with something like it might be mechanical, it might be uh, sliders just not there yet, or I can't get a glove side quite yet. Just like whatever the case is, everybody's a little bit different. And like, he's going through it too, because as much as he is a unicorn, he still is human. So I think he, once he gets locked in, I mean, it's, it's already hard enough to hit him, but I think once he's locked in, it's going to be even tougher. It's hard to believe that he's human sometimes, but yeah, we have to remember that he is a human. Him and and Trout sometimes. I mean, just, I think Trout, like the first like five games, he hit like seven, eight balls at like one Oh five plus and didn't have a hit on any of them. That was just like, man, that's, that's just tough luck. Yeah. So, and I wanted to ask you too about Mike Trout. Um, because obviously he's amazing and he's the best hitter in baseball. And outside of Shohei Otani, like it's him or Otani is the best players on planet Earth. And he's off to an amazing start. He's hitting 300. He's got a 188 WRC plus. He's got a couple of bombs. But, and tell me if I'm wrong. This is why I really wanted to ask you Has he changed his setup at the plate? His swing looks a little bit shorter. 
I think his hands are in a little bit of a different position, even from the World Baseball Classic. Am I seeing the right thing? It looks like his setup at the plate is a little bit different. It's not crazy. But have you seen that from him? Or are my eyes? I don't think I've I don't think I've noticed anything. He's still pretty hands up high, isn't he? Like his like hands look a little bit a little lower. Like, and it, it I'll look, looks at, like I'll look just, at it tomorrow, but uh, look at it no, tomorrow. I haven't noticed that yet. But uh it looks like he's firing that barrel right in the middle. Like his swing looks shorter and it looks better. It looks it looks so smooth. I mean his swing was always perfect, but it looks right. perfect er, if that's even a word. It just it's so short and it's so clean and it almost has that like Aaron Judge swing to it where he just fires his hips and it's mm-hmm. like there's no arms to it. It's just bang. That's all it is. It's just straight to the ball and you can't get him out because if he's making changes and those changes are working, it's it's unfair. It's just not a it's not a fair at bat for any pitcher. Right. right. He has his shorter arms like he doesn't have like the real long arms or anything like they're probably like normal arms, but like. For baseball, I think generally baseball players have longer arms. So he has shorter arms. So I think he can drive that elbow in, like inward on like the swing and get that there so fast because he has like a little bit short arms and has so much force and rotational power. It just stays through the zone. And I think that's why like he's so good. Like it's like, oh, like you got to pitch him up and then you pitch him up and he hits a home run. I think it's just one of those of like, that's why of like he could be so short to the baseball of like once he gets fooled, it's like, all right, I got to be short and get to that pitch, and he's able to do it. But I'm going to look who, at the swing thing. You you have to look at the swing thing because I want to know if I'm crazy. Like, you know, I've been watching Mike Trout my whole life, but I feel it looks different to me, and it looks better. It just generally looks better. But a guy who looks exactly like him and also has three home runs is Hunter Renfro, who's the new addition to the Angels, too. How great is it to see him in the lineup, too? Because you already had Trout. You got Otani. You got Rendon. But another hitter like that makes such a huge impact. And if he can be, a, again, the 30 home run threat that he's being, this Angels offense is just unstoppable because you got a Ohapi at the back. You got Urshela who's hitting too. There's no breaks in this Angels lineup. That's why it's so fun to watch this team. I think like that, that three, I mean, really, wow. One, two, three, four, and five are all, hey, we can go deep at any point. And I think like that's one of the, things that probably Perry was looking to do of like, how do I bring the thunder every couple of spots of just, Hey, like a guy gets a base hit. Oh, but now we got to walk and anybody can do a three run blast. I, I think Ward had a, uh, had an article with the, uh, with the athletic and he was just talking about like why he's probably not going to steal many bases. Cause he was like, if I get on first base, we can, we can hit a two run home run the next pitch. He's like, yeah, it's why? one of those of like, why would I give up an out? And he's like, unless it's like a free base where it's, guys a two one eight to to two seconds to get to the plate like real slow and like he's got him timed up one of those like he but other than that like you want to be on base for those guys that are going to drive and run since i think that's the way of just like the back half of the order is like let's just get on base and whenever it flips we've got the we've got the muscle right there and able to do what we can do Absolutely. If you're Taylor Ward, do you want to be that guy who made the you get on base for Shohei Otani and Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon mm-hmm. and Renfro and the entire lineup and you're making outs on the base pass? So it's almost if there's any leadoff hitter in Major League Baseball who doesn't want to steal, Taylor Ward might be at the top of the list when you think about it. <laughs> yes, I mean, think yes. about it. Yeah. I think maybe uh 
yeah, I'm thinking Stanton, maybe be the other one, or maybe like somebody like early in the Yankees lineup or something like that, or Freddie Freeman, maybe like hitting two hole for the Dodgers. But the other most spots, like I don't see many guys uh, not wanting to steal at some point, especially with some good speed like Ward has. It's at least top five. So I want to talk about you, and I want to talk about how well that you've done so far this year. Like I said, seven and two thirds, you're striking guys out, you're not allowing runs, no home runs allowed. But you've transitioned into more like the swingman role, and you already have a save. So they're kind of just putting you in spots to succeed, and you've been killing it so far. How's this transition been like? How is this new role going for you? So I kind of did a little bit uh, in the World Series with the Braves, and then like a little bit first of last year. So I kind of had like an understanding of like what the long relief swing role of like, hey, we might need you for different things, but if you're in, like, we need, might need you to eat three, four innings cool, great. I'm built up to 75 pitches. I can do whatever you need. And it was kind of always known that at once, like we broke from camp, it was like, Hey, we don't need a six starter until the 12th. Great. We got 12 games until then. And I've been around baseball enough to know that crazy things are always happening in those first two weeks. Cause with pitch counts, every pitcher's getting built up. You've got long innings out there. Things can happen. Like, Hey, we need, we burnt the bullpen yesterday. And we played 11 innings and so ended up winning. Great. Well, now we have no bullpen today. If we can't have any guys go back to back because they went two days in a row or whatever the case is, you got to get out there and eat some innings. And I think that was just like the biggest thing of like, when it's my time, like go out there and just get outs, just get outs, get outs, get outs. And if that's if we're winning, if that's what we're losing, just go out there and just like help the team, like stay in the fight, help the team out, not like burn all, the, like we don't need Estevez throwing in a nine to nothing game when we're losing you know it's like one of those of like i can take on that role and just do it and then just like stay ready i was supposed to start wednesday against the nationals but ended up pitching the monday before just because suarez didn't go as deep as we wanted to plan on and it was hey the bullpen threw a bunch the night before in the extra inning game against the blue jays so i went out there for three innings and ate some innings up and i think that's just the way it's gonna be for a little bit and we'll see i i have no idea but i'm riding the wave i got to face devers in the eighth inning last night uh with bases loaded at Fenway in front of like 50,000 so that was pretty cool so I'll take that too yeah tell me about that at bat uh so I didn't I like warmed up in like the fourth or fifth inning kind of was gonna go in like after Anderson and I was like okay cool and then like I sat down because I think we scored and then we were gonna like Estevez like ended up going out or somebody Matt Moore went out and Estevez and we like kind of had like our guys like positioned where we wanted to pitch so I'm like okay cool and uh, things started getting crazy. I was like, all right, like it might be me. And then we have Jimmy Herget down there. And I was like, let's well, base is loaded. Like it's probably gonna be Jimmy. And they like turn, they're like, tuck it's you. I'm like, all right, let's go. And so I just rip off the hoodie real quick. And I was like already loose from like earlier. So like I fired a couple bullets, like, all right, I'm good to go. And like, all right, it's Devers, he's gonna be swinging. I was like, okay. So threw two sliders to him and I was like, just put him down. Like, don't don't hang him and don't put don't injure yourself up on Sports Center tonight because you gave it the grand slam. Just like bury him through two good ones and he rolled over and so it was good there but we go it, it was environment and like the adrenaline's going anytime like you're going in a big league game but come out of the bullpen and you're just like i gotta go there's no feeling it out in the first inning like there is of a start of like what's my stuff today it is you got to go out there and make a pitch and i want to talk to you about that slider too because you know it's it's qualified on baseball savant as a sweeper but it's just i don't even know what it is it's just a great pitch and i'm sure you could classify it better than a website could but it's been your best pitch and you're throwing it more than any other pitch and it's just straight up nasty like it is it is so hard it kind of reminds me too of uh justin Steele's 
slider with the um with the Chicago Cubs just that from the left side that arm angle and it's so tough to pick up and it just dives outside of the zone and you proved it against a guy like Rafael Devers right who's gonna be swinging top five lefty in the game and you just knew all I had to do is keep it down in the zone and he ain't hitting shit like it, it doesn't matter if it's Devers it doesn't matter if it's Freddie Freeman like the confidence in that pitch must be enormous. The fact that I'm going to that pitch, and as long as I keep it down in the zone, nobody on earth can touch it. So I'm just curious, too, with your pitch repertoire, like what's the confidence in some of your pitches? Because I know that you've been working on other pitches in the offseason, right? We talked mm-hmm. about the splitter. We've talked about it. But it's the sweeper that just does the job. It's like just throw that every time because nobody can touch it. So it's actually two different sliders. So I throw a harder one and then I throw the big sweeper. Mm-hmm. So the harder one is a pick slower this year. And I'm a little mad about that. So that's kind of been like the goal of like, all right, let's get the slider back, below back up. But it's usually last year was about 86 to 89. And that's kind of where it varied this year. It's kind of been like 84 to 86, 87, kind of on the top end. So I think that's kind of one thing and it's kind of shifted in like tilt. So last year, the axis of it was three o'clock. And from a left-handed pitcher, so that's sweeping to there. But it was only like six, five to six inches. This year, I'm creating more sweep and throwing at like a 345 axis. So it's got a little bit more vertical break this year, but it's still like playing like similar. And they're really just like, if you throw it over 86, it's going to grade out incredibly well. So they're really trying to figure out like how to play it with the sweeper since I've added that this offseason. And because it's averaging, I think like, 79 to 80 at like 18 to 22 for, or horizontal break. That's so it's play. literally <laughs> just go. It's literally just going across the whole play. And with lefties, I just throw it at them and then see kind of how they react to it. And you can guys kind of keep going out with them, and then I can shorten them up with the shorter one that's a little bit harder. So I can kind of give them two different looks. One's going to have a big sweeping break. One's going to have a little bit tighter sweepage, but downward break. That's kind of what it's always done because I throw from such a high slot. So whenever I throw it good, it's sweeping out of three o'clock axis, but it's actually like tilted because of like how it comes out of your hand. So it's got like a downward action on it. So I think that's kind of what I plan on doing and just continue to throw both of those. And then just like pick my spots for good fastballs. Um, obviously like throw them, but just understand like the, those two pitches are my two swing pitches and I get good ground, uh, good ground ball rates on them. And it's just, throw the fastball for some effect, get guys uncomfortable with it because I still throw, have a good fastball, but it's just the other two grayed out very well. Yeah, I mean, and especially those two pitches make your fastball even better, right? Because you're sitting right. there, you know, as a hitter, right? I got to look out for these two different sliders that both, you know, grayed out as really good pitches. And then you surprise them with the four-seamer because you have enough ride on it to get it up into their hands too. So that I'm sure they all work off each other. I guess I'm curious too, because we did talk about the splitter. You know, you've thrown a changeup in the past. What's kind of the update on there? Because I don't know, have you thrown one, any of those yet this season? I think I threw it in the save against Oakland once. We're, we're really like, well, we've kind of established like out of the, like the swingman role and like even like a starting of like, we have three pitches that we're going to throw. Obviously, we want to throw the split, but we're going to have we're going to pick our situations in our time. I'm not going to throw my fourth best pitch when it's bases loaded. Yeah. One out. You know, it's yeah. one of those of like, no, I'm going to go with my stuff. And like, that's, hey, you, you're, you're kind of cooking. Like, let's mix in a split this year. Or so-and-so doesn't hit change-ups, left-handed change-ups are split well. That might be a guy of like, all right, if I get 0-1 on this guy, I'm going to rip one and see what it does. And, and I think until it really turns into the consistent, like, 
all right, there it is and how it's going to affect my game. I think that's just like kind of what it's going to be and just continue to like build on it. I didn't expect it to be like, oh my goodness, is this going to be the best pitch for me? Like I'm going to throw this 30% of the time. I knew it was going to be right, 10%, if even not more or less. Like sweeper was very, I threw it once and it was kind of like, oh, that was, okay, that was a good one. Like I'm going to throw this. It wasn't really like up for discussion. Like, oh, let's, let's give it a couple bullpens. It was like, yeah, you're going to throw that. So I think that was kind of the biggest thing of just be good at these things and continue to work on it. I throw it every day and I think it's just really learning of, how it's going to play and like how to consistently throw it at one point. Cause I'm, I throw some that cut some that'll go dive straight down some that look like a change up. So it's just kind of really getting it. It's like two out of three are really good right now. And so it's just getting it three out of three and then five out of five and just continue to like get better until it's like my sliders and just where it's here it is hit it, you know? And I, I have a question too, cause obviously there's different conversations, right? right. Between, you know, getting ready for a start versus coming out of the bullpen and being like, you're here right now to get out Rafael Devers with the bases loaded. Like those conversations, completely different, right? Versus getting ready for a whole lineup, versus getting ready for spots, and you've now done both. So what's the preparation difference versus getting ready for a start versus the bullpen? And which, I guess, do you like better? That might not be the right question, but I guess what feels more comfortable to you right now? Honestly, I they both feel comfortable. I came out of the bullpen first when I got into pro bowl. So like I had never done that before. So I had to adapt to it and kind of figured out a routine of just like, I'm not the guy that can sit still very long. So like I'm walking around doing things. And so that's kind of my role is like the long relief guy is like starter gets, gets in trouble. Like I'm the guy they call to, they're not calling down for the guy that's making 15 million. That's closing games. You know, that's my role. So it's one of those of like, all right, I know when to move around. When you start throwing some plyo balls, okay, okay, got out of the jam, we're good to go. Like, we're going to flip it over to the seventh inning guy now. We're good to go. And whatever the case may be. So that's kind of it. And then if I don't throw every series, like at the end of it, I'll throw like a bullpen after the game. Just like, all right, I'm locked in. Or, hey, I just want to throw like 10 pitches off the mound today. Like throw some fastballs, really fill the slider, and throw a couple splits. And yeah, cool. Whatever you need. Just like, obviously like we're practicing like during the game, like before the games and everything, before batting practice. Like that's when we're actually like, working on stuff of like, Hey, your sliders been not as good lately. Like it's a little slower. We need to make some grip adjustments. And that's where like, why is your fastball getting hit? Well, you're doing this, this, and this. That's when we're actually practicing. So really just like staying locked in on my catch play. So like when I'm ready for whatever the case is of like, Hey, we need you to go through two sliders to, uh, in the eighth inning, like you're able to go do it. And it's not a, like a shock of like, Oh, I, I didn't do this, this, and this. I didn't have this. It's like, no, you got to be prepared for whatever calls. Well, my last question for you, too, you're getting ready for the series against the Yankees, which is my favorite team, but I do want you to pitch well, and I want the Angels to do well, so I'm in a little bit of a conflict. Talk to me about what you, what fans of, you know, because I assume tons of Angels fans are going to listen to this. What should they expect for the upcoming series? I think the boys are going to hit. I, I think they're going to take on the Yankee Stadium, just like, I think we're going to hit probably... Yeah, I think Shohei's gonna hit a blast. So I'm just gonna call that now. I'm gonna he's gonna hit a blast one of the days. I think it's just gonna be a fun environment for everybody. It's gonna get us kind of ready to go back on the on the West Coast and just like start the homestand of just like excited. Uh get used to the environment of playing in those big stadiums and that environment of just people there. Cause like it's still early in the season of just getting adjusted to everything of like what your routine is each each day. And so I think I think if we can throw the ball well and we can put together like like kind of a full game that's kind of like where we've been like 
we'll pitch great one day and then we didn't hit like today. And then yesterday, like we didn't really pitch great, but we hit really well. And I think it's just like put together a complete day, play good defense and just like back each other up and get the, get the job done. So I'm looking forward to go to Yankee stadium. I heard the food's the best, like in the league, like at the stadium. So we'll see. Um, is there anything I need to do in New York while I'm there? Anything you need to do in New York? Like, do I need to go get a slice of pizza? Do I need to go get a hot oh, dog? Yeah. Like, I, like something like that. Yes, you got to go to Sauce Pizzeria. It's probably okay. my favorite pizza. Um, you know, hot dogs. Like, I don't really care. Like, the great thing about New York, and this is something you know, I'm from California too. So, you know, when I first came here, um, I didn't know, you know, a lot to expect, but. The food here is incredible, but even food at the stadium, like if you get yourself a LaBelle steak sandwich, I don't know if you're ever eating ballpark food, but I think it is the single best thing I've ever eaten at a ballpark. I've been to about okay. 20 different parks, and that is – it's kind of expensive. It's like 20, 25 bucks for a LaBelle steak sandwich, <laughs> but it is an elite sandwich, which you don't have that like kind of quality of food at stadiums, but that right. certainly is. The thing about New York is like all the general touristy attractions – like the Empire State Building or stuff like that, like those all suck. No New Yorkers actually going to any of those places. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's all tourist. Yeah, but the one place that you gotta go that is pretty touristy, but I always have a great. I think Central Park is so awesome. I think like, we stay in like Manhattan, so I, yeah. I believe I'll be. I'll, I'll at least go walk around there. Yeah, take We're a walk. Boston. I've been walking around everywhere, just like enjoying it. You know, it's I've like kind of taken it all, and that's what I've learned. Like over the like. I guess like my two years, like being like up and down in the big leagues, it's just like when you go to these places, you've never been like take one day at least to go walk around and be a little bit of a tourist. So you can at yeah. least say you did it. And they're like, so when people come in town, like later in your career, I'm like, Oh, you can, you need to go eat here at this spot in Boston or we're playing in Baltimore. Go play, stay here, do this, you know? You excited to encounter some Yankee fans? Cause I know Red Sox fans are certainly interesting and Yankee fans are their own form of interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, it'll be fun. Uh, I think I think just like the Dodger fans were kind of ruthless and it was an exhibition game, like spring training, like even oh, yeah. though it was like the freeway series, like they were even chirping me. But like I'm like Philly fans are pretty tough. It's really just about the bullpen and how it's like set up. Like I've seen yeah. videos of the new Toronto visiting bullpen. <laughs> that doesn't look fun. Like none of those like it's not fun to get chirped at. Like, I think a lot of people are like, yeah, I'd like to play in uh, Tampa. Nobody's going to yell at me. And like, I can just like fully lock in on and off to hear about like, Oh, you suck. You do blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, but it's all fun because it does kind of juice you up a little bit of like the guy right there, just screaming at you, telling you how bad you suck. You're just like, I'm about to go shove and just want to flip you off when I get off the mound. You know, it's like one of those. So like, when you shove, it's great, but when you suck, like that's when you're like, damn it, that guy's going home feeling really good about himself right now. But that that is so true, and that's something that I don't think fans think about. Like the players that you're yelling at as a fan, they are human beings, and yeah, what you could be a fine doing. Line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you you know something went viral too, it was uh it was a fan like getting in the not in the face, but just like up close and personal in Toronto. Right. They were up close and personal and he was screaming at him. And a lot of people got really mad at the fan. And I kind of wanted to um, I don't know if you saw the video, but kind of hear your reaction to that, where you let's say you're in Toronto and the fan's not doing anything. He's not touching you. He's not directly in your face, but it is in close proximity and he's screaming at you like that could either help you or hurt you. 
And I'm just curious to see a reaction like in Toronto and we'll be doing this on later podcasts, like when they're up close and personal, that fan could actually help you have a good outing, like light a fire under you. Let's say you're coming in on a flight and you're a little bit tired and that fan is screaming at you saying, Tucker, you suck. Your fastball sucks. Your slider's terrible. And you're like, all right, I'm just going to go show you. And that actually could give you the fire under you that you didn't have before the fan did that. So fans have to be careful if they're yelling at opposing pitchers, don't fire them up too much because then he can go right. in and just shut you down, right? Right, exactly. I think, like, there's trash talk and, like, chirping and stuff like that. And then there's stuff, like, crossing the line. Like, don't bring family into this. Like, you don't see me coming to, like, your work and talking about blah, 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 blah. You know, like, you wouldn't want that. I don't want it. But if you're telling me my slider sucks and, like, the big thing for people to do is you throw a pitch ball – and I'm over here like, dude, I just dotted that on the corner. And that was like, like that was best pitch I'm probably going to throw all night right there. It's like one of those. So I think like just the fine line, but the security guards are, they're good because like nobody wants to see like hear you cussing and stuff like, because like there's, there are kids around there, especially like in Fenway, like the, you're right there. Like kids run up there because they want to see like, oh my God, who's pitching. And just like one of those. And they're just like glued to that. And they don't want to hear some drunk guy cussing me out tell me blah 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 and i think like that's like security is pretty good about that so they usually kick those guys out but i mean it's all fun and games just keep it good keep it wholesome remember kids are around like you wouldn't want your somebody yelling around like that like your kids you know just one of those things but it's all fun and i enjoy it sometimes sometimes is the key word It's a good message to end episode three of the arm barn. Thank you all for listening. And we will be back. You know, sometimes it's hard to schedule. Of course, Tucker's on the road, um, making a big time with the angels throwing every other day. It's a little bit tough sometimes to schedule, but we will keep you updated on Twitter. Follow at arm barn podcast. We will let you know when episodes are coming out. I'm excited for more interviews with players on the angels, Tucker's former teammates. We're going to have them all on. It's going to be great. Anything to leave the people with before we say goodbye um stay safe have a good one um enjoy the good baseball because it's been a lot of fun this season so far absolutely remember to rate this podcast five stars wherever you're listening on apple Podcasts or spotify and subscribe it's a new show so you can see when we have new episodes they get added to your podcast feeds and if you're watching this on youtube hit that like button comment what you'd like to see from us of course because this is a new podcast and make sure to subscribe for all future videos and with that thank you everybody